from the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio. You're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Good morning, gang, and welcome to another episode of the Cyber Hub Podcast. It's Thursday, January 26th, 2023. We've got a packed show this morning. A lot going on in the world of security practitioners. And I've said it all month. I'll say it again. January has been off to a very, very big start because it's showing the evolution of the threats in the threat landscape against our businesses. And it's really kind of putting to test are our plans up to date with how fast we've moved over the last few years? When was the last time we updated our risk assessments and our security planning in order to be able to deal with everything going on, including the supply chain? Um, in one of the more pressing conversations for practitioners this morning, and I think over the next several weeks and months, is going to be with your general counsel and board of directors. How do you start to approach your supply chain and add cybersecurity language and, and responsibility language and auditing language that would be acceptable to both parties? And I think that's going to be the debate of 2023 from a, from a practical perspective. So good morning to everyone tuning in. Eddie, Avishai, Corinne, uh, Dom, Matt, uh, Hanuk, um, uh, we've got a whole bunch of LinkedIn users here on the side, but with that being said, good morning. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get into that this morning because we've got a lot to talk about my double espresso. Join me in whatever beverage you choose to, uh, water down your morning with or afternoon with, whether it be a scotch, if you're in Europe or a lovely espresso here on the East coast, coffee cup, cheers, cyberhoppodcast.com. Find all the latest there. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel and find us on your favorite podcast listening platform. The new episodes of CISO Talk, new episodes of CISO Talk podcast drop next week, by the way. Very excited about that. So we'll start off with Google issuing an update for Chrome 109, patching six vulnerabilities. Two of them are high severity use after free issues affecting the web transport and web RTC components. They've actually, the uh, researchers uh, Chichu Kim and Cassidy Kim have been credited for reporting the flaws and made $19,000 for their findings. Those are CVEs 2023, 0471 and 0472. Um, and so Chrome has a new update. Make sure you get those updated this morning. We'll go to Riot Games. So yesterday we talked about Riot Games essentially had their dev environment breached. That was earlier this week and, and, and last week that we talked about that. They received a ransom note for $10 million. They said, we ain't paying. So the attackers have gone ahead and are auctioning the alleged source code to Riot's game League of Legends and the Pac-Man anti-cheat software that have been confirmed to have been stolen from the dev environment of the company. Riot Games disclosed the hack yesterday um, and they've confirmed that they've received a ransom note uh, and that they would not be paying. Uh, Vice.com also obtained the ransom note, which demanded $10 million to prevent the stolen data from going public. Now, the threat actors behind the attack began selling the alleged source code for League of Legends and the legacy Pac-Man anti-cheat platform on a very popular forum. The threat actors say they're selling the League of Legends source code and Pac-Man for a minimum of $1 million. However, they told they'd be willing to sell Pac-Man alone for 500000 So you can obviously see... Uh, here, one of the uh, images of the um, 
uh, sale going on. The forum includes a link to a thousand page PDF document that they claim contains a directory listing of the seven, 72.4 gigabyte of stolen source code. After Bleeping Computer did review the document and it does appear to be a source code listing for software associated with Riot Games. So now they've got to deal with it. The main concern regarding the stolen source code is that it could be used to create cheats or exploits to target the game and its players. Um, so other threat actors could use the source code to potentially create exploits that could allow remote code execution on player devices. Any exposure of source code can increase the likelihood of new cheats emerging according to Riot Games. And so we'll see how this plays out here between Riot Games and these threat actors um, over the next several weeks and months. The UK National Cybersecurity Center has published an advisory to warn organizations and individuals about separate spear phishing campaigns that they see are being conducted by Russian and Iranian cyber espionage groups. The advisory is focusing on activities conducted by Russia-linked Cyberigium uh, uh, C- Group, uh, or Kalisto, or Iran's linked TA-453 Charming Kitten. Uh, the NCSC noted that the two groups covered by the advisory have similar tactics, techniques, and procedures, and they target the same types of entities. There's no evidence that their campaigns are connected or that they are collaborating, but very important to note, I know that there's no evidence to show that. Iran has been supplying Russia with um, those kamikaze drones uh, that, that are being used in the Ukraine. Iran's also been supplying them with some artillery and so forth. So it's not far-fetched for them to do this, especially as the news is tightening around Iran in the EU, kind of the GCPOA, the uh, nuclear deal, uh, the Iran nuclear deal, better known, that was signed by President Obama, then uh, President Biden, uh, sorry, President Trump, pulled the U.S. out of it, leaving the Europeans, China, and Russia uh, on the agreement with Iran, which may, it's un- essentially made it unenforceable because they, they re- re- reestablished sanctions. And there was a renegotiation here for the first about year or so under the Biden administration. That's now out the door. Um, there's no way um, the U.S., and Europe will negotiate with Iran given its support to Russia and the Russia-Ukraine conflict. So don't put this anywhere. Those two could come together. The enemy of the enemy is my friend, and nothing would be more true to that. Also, before Soleimani was taken off the battlefield in January, I believe, of 2019 or, or uh, something along those lines, um, Soleimani had great relationships with the Russians and was using Russian uh, essentially hackers to come in and train iranian hackers on some of their tactics so the ttps being the same is not surprising the iranians were trained by the russians um so that's something to keep in mind here as well sista's warning that federal agencies have been hacked using legitimate remote desktop tools the new warning from sista nsa and the msi are warning today that attackers are increasingly using legitimate remote monitoring and management software for malicious purposes. More wrongly, CISA discovered malicious activity within the networks of multiple federal civilian executive branch agencies using the Einstein intrusion detection system after the release of a silent push report in mid-October of 2022. This activity was linked to the widespread financially motivated phishing campaign reported by silent push and was detected on many other FCEB networks after being spotted on a single FCEB network in mid-September of 2022. The attackers behind the campaign began sending help desk-themed phishing emails to federal staff, government, and personal email addresses since at least June of 2022. The authoring organizations assessed that since at least June of 2022, 
Cyber criminal actors have sent help desk themed phishing emails to FCEB federal staff's personal and government email addresses. The email either contained a link to a first stage malicious domain or prompt the recipient to call these cyber criminals who then try to convince the recipient to visit the first stage malicious domain. Callback phishing attacks like the ones targeting F- uh, FCEB staff in this campaign have seen a massive 625% growth since Q1. have also been adopted by ransomware gangs. These groups include ones uh, that split from the Conti cyber crime operations, such as Silent Ransom Group, Quantum, and now Royal. Uh, unlike normal phishing emails and callback phishing attacks do not include a link to a threat actor's website. Instead, they use lures like high price subscription renewals to convince a target to call a listed phone number when they do. Um, they're actually asked to open an RMM, kind of very similar to how some of the Geek Squad or Microsoft uh, scams that come from India and Pakistan uh, on on just normal targeting Americans. They're now being used. It's a great opportunity, by the way, to kind of remind your staff, put out a bulletin, talking about help desk, uh, you know, emails that come through or calling a phone number or someone asking an RMM to validate the work, potentially even open a registry or some sort of, you know, kind of like on your company intranet or, or on your SharePoint site to have something there from the security team that says, you know, we're not sending out no help desks should be calling you. If you're calling the help desk, make sure you're calling this number um, and so forth or creating some sort of a, a way to validate that you are speaking to a real help desk employee, like a passcode or, or something along those lines. So these attacks now targeting the government are, are, are going to be probably escalated to our private businesses within a short period of time. A Chinese threat actor that's being tracked as dragon spark has been using the spark rat uh, open source remote administration tool in recent attacks targeting East Asian organizations. According to Sentinel one, the spark rat is a multi-platform RIT written in Golang that can run on windows, Linux and Mac OS systems and can update itself with new versions through its CNC server. The threat actor uses the WebSocket protocol to communicate with the CNC server and include support for over 20 commands that allow it to execute tasks, control the infected machine, manipulate processes and files, and steal various types of information. The malware appears to be uh, to be used by multiple adversaries, but according to Sentinel-1, DragonSpark represents the first cluster of activity where Spark RAT has been constantly deployed in attacks. These attacks were also seen using the Chinese the China Chopper web shell along with other malware tools created by Chinese developers, including Bad Potato, GoToHDTD, Sharp Token, XZB1248, as well as two custom malware families, Shellcode underscore Loader and M66999.exe. The M66999.exe malware uses Golang source code interpretation, evade detection, where the Yagi framework is used to interpret the runtime encoded Golang source code stored within the compiled binary, executing the code as if compiled. One key aspect when we talk about these things is to ensure that these signatures are updated in your EDR provider. Sentinel once probably updated it, they'll update it to virus total, and then technically all your other EDR providers do, but that's something to really ask your EDR MDR provider. How often do you update signatures? Are these signatures being updated? If you feel like this could be a risk to your organization, the staging infrastructure for DragonSpark is in China, Hong Kong, and Singapore, while their CNC servers are located in Hong Kong. In the U.S., Sentinel-1 assesses that DragonSpark is a Chinese-speaking adversary focused on either espionage or cybercrime. One of their CNC's IPs was previously linked to the Zcoast malware and information stealer used by threat actors. And finally, researchers pioneer a POC exploit for the NSA-reported bugs in the Windows crypto API, the security vulnerability which would allow attackers to spoof a target certificate and masquerade as any website, among many others. 
the reason this is brought up is because Microsoft actually did patch this back in August of 2022. It was a silent patch, part of the patch Tuesday. that was known as CVE 2022-34689er, but only publicly disclosed it in October. And if you didn't patch it, chances are uh, this exploit is readily available for threat actors to use. The proof of concept, according to Akamai, who've been analyzing the vulnerability, uh, released details where they said it would allow an attacker to spoof the target certificate and masquerade as any website with the ability to take a variety of malicious actions. The vulnerable browser would show the green lock icon indicating a secure connection, even though the connection is completely controlled by the attacker. Uh, Crypto API is a Windows application programming interface that developers use to enable support for cryptography for their applications. One of the Crypto API's role is to verify authenticity of digital certificate. As it is in this function where the vulnerability exists, uh, it'd be easy to fool it. To verify the the authenticity of a certificate of Crypto AI first checks to see if it's already existing. If it exists in the receiving application certificate cache, if it does, Crypto AI treats the received certificate as verified. Prior to the Microsoft patch, Crypto API determines whether a received certificate was already in the certificate cache or not merely by comparing MD5 hash thumbprints if the received certificate MD5 thumbprint matched the MD5 thumbprint of the certificate in cache. So if you haven't addressed this specific vulnerability, uh, you want to make sure you get that patched up ASAP because now that this is out, chances are someone's already scanning for it. That's it for our show this morning. Thank you all for tuning in today. We'll be back on Monday with a whole lot more. Looking forward to catching up. Most importantly, go tune in cyberhelppodcast.com and subscribe. Share the show. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for being a loyal listener and viewer. We'll be back on Monday at 9 a.m. live right here on LinkedIn, YouTube, and Twitter. Until then, have a great rest of your day. And most importantly, stay cyber safe. We love feedback, so make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform.